This is a Be Groovy or Leave production. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music. Now on with your show. Welcome to Life on Music. I'm your host, Jesse Napper. If you're new to the podcast, this is the show where I chat with a different musician each episode. And before we get into this episode, just wanted to announce some few changes that I'm doing with the podcast. Firstly, usually there's a there's a bit in the middle where I kind of chat for a little bit to break up the interview. I'm going to stop doing that from now on and just kind of announce everything at the top of the show. So you'll get that in this episode and all the episodes going forward. And I'm also going to be releasing episodes more regularly. I'm getting a fair few people getting in contact and I want to want to have them all on the podcast, but it's getting to the stage where I'm having to put out episodes a couple of months after their release and it, it just doesn't make as much sense to me. Uh, so I'm going to just kind of be putting out episodes as I have them instead of doing a weekly thing. But that means more episodes per week. That can only be a good thing, right? But yeah, those are the main changes. So let's get into this episode. It's with Ian Kenny from Birds of Tokyo and also from Carnival, if you're a fan of those bands. He's a very cool dude. Birds of Tokyo just put out a new single with Bonnie Fraser from Stand Atlantic and it's called Superglue and it sounds like this. If you're listening to this when it first comes out, Birds of Tokyo are also going to be playing the AFL Grand Final on this weekend, uh, on the Saturday. So check that out, especially if you're Australian. If you don't know what AFL is, if you're not Australian, that's our our football. So a big deal to have that show. So I'm keen to check it out. If you want to check out Birds of Tokyo, you can head to their socials. I'll put all the links to that in the description of the episode. You can check out the socials for Life on Music as well. But let's jump into the episode with Ian Kenny from Birds of Tokyo. So we have Ian Kenny from Birds of Tokyo with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, mate. Yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I'll be honest. I, I only just woke up. This is a this is an early morning for me. So um, it's, it's a good it's a good start to the day. I think. Man, I think you've got the dream job. I don't know what time it is where you are. Well, you're like two hours ahead of me. It's like eleven o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah, eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> this well, the dream is um me working until three o'clock in the morning. That's um that's not the dream, but um, getting up late that is the dream. Well, I mean, so yeah, yeah. you got to take the good with the bad. You got to, man. You got to always. Yeah, that's it. We'll start by talking about your your new single you've just put out, Super Glue. Really cool song, man. Thank you. It's your it's your first song that you've done as kind of a bit of a collaboration in terms of having a, another vocalist, I believe. Is that right? We've done something like it. Um, we put out a record called Brace in 2016 um and there's a bit of a deep cut off that record song was called discolored we had um hayley from the jezebels feature on that right. but that was a different type of yeah different piece of music so this is the sort of second time i guess we've done a duet even though it's not a really cool word duet i don't know features i don't know what to call it but, you know. well yeah you can call it a duet i reckon cool duet it is yeah 
I, you have my tick of approval. Yes, that's all you want. What was it like working with Bonnie from, was it just Bonnie that was on it from Stan Atlantic? Yeah, yeah, just Bonnie. Oh, man, she's a dream to work with. Like, yeah. she just she just kind of gets it, you know. She's not she's not too fussy or too precious about things, which right. when you're trying to collaborate with anyone, you can really appreciate. Yeah. She was just awesome, man. She just delivered, really. So we had the track written, and it's basically all, almost recorded, like finished, kind of ready to go. And we just took a bit of a pause on it, and we're like, man, there's something in this song. Like, what could we do to just sort of take it to – another place and we sort of listening to someone like man if we can get someone else just to share their side of the same story and get someone to bring another sort of voice to it this could do it so you know we hit up bonnie and she was down and straight away from the first demo she sent through it was like oof yeah we're on the right track here so and she just did a thing she just basically took over second verse and made it her own and then we sort of just carry the song out from there together. Very cool. Mm. Well, it's sounding good. I'm digging listening to it. It's, it's only really new, but um, I feel I'm going to listen to it a lot. It's fresh. It's fresh. fresh. That's what you want. You want freshness. <laughs> None of that old shit. Nah. I like your old stuff. I like your new stuff better than your old stuff. Old stuff better than new stuff. Whatever they said. It was great. Yeah, yeah, something. Well, once the song's like three months old, I, I stop listening to it. It's it's not fresh enough for me. All uh, right, you like you like a real fresh. Oh, yeah. I'm real fresh. I'm a real fresh kind of guy. So, <laughs> I'm gonna have to spin this one a lot really quickly and then throw it in the trash. Cool. Please, please do. Please do. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's what artists love to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But th- this one, Super Glue, is a. I guess the first of uh, the new songs that you're going to be putting out? It, it is, though. Like, I think we're just going to take it one thing at a time, man. I think ultimately we'll probably end up making a record next year, but the band hasn't really had decent access to each other in like a year. Right. Like, we've only seen each other a handful of times with shows that have just barely made it work with the way borders are. So, mm. trying to get a whole record together, I mean, it's on the horizon, but. Just one thing at a time um, as we, yeah, we just can't really see each other at the moment. Yeah, how has, like, not being able to see each other affected kind of the, the writing? Oh, it's pretty, it's different. It's new and it's different and it's part's good and part's really weird. So, you know, there's only, this whole track, Superglue, was written and recorded with us all in different studios in different parts of the country and that's kind of the first time we've, We've done it that way and it just takes a bit more time and you've got to kind of smooth out a few bumps that way, but it's totally doable. But I think as artists and dudes who love to share creative space and especially we've been doing it this long together, like you really miss just getting in the room together and having access to each other as songwriters and being able to bounce stuff around the room. It's really important. Yeah. So something I wanted to ask actually, you guys have been at it for for quite a while now. Uh, I think the first record was... 2007, am I right? Yes. Somewhere around there. 2007, six, seven, day one, I think. I mean, it was it was more than a few months ago, so I don't really know yeah. at all. So, um, but I guess you guys have kind of, at least in Australia, been like near the top of the kind of bands that are that are touring and putting out music and stuff. How do you keep your music, as we call it, fresh? Well, I think each time you go to write together. Yeah, as long as wherever you're starting, it feels new again or it feels like you're starting something you haven't done before. I think that's always the right way to go about it just purely 
as songwriters, I think when you start to try and chase a thing or a sound or a whatever, that is totally doable. That can kind of lead you and kind of maybe box you in a bit early. So as long as right. it's just for us, we just feel like we're either beginning again or starting something new and all those golden rules where you, you know, don't try and write for a crowd or don't try and write for anyone. Don't try and please anyone in that world. It, right. Yeah, man, it would just, you'll always box yourself in. So I think we just, yeah, like I said, we just try and feel and hope that we feel like we're starting something new. And of course you need to be into it. You need to be like the band needs to be vibing on it. And once we all sort of get yeah. to that point, it clicks, it, it flows pretty easy for us. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I find kind of with a lot of bands that have like just as a, fan of music i guess there'll be some bands that you can tell they're just trying to 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 write a hit and it's just kind of everything misses yeah like there's something in that you just you just said something there tried yeah try to yeah, be a I, hit I, yeah they, they've tried to write something that's going to be a hit but um they've written something that's just kind of mediocre hits and misses i like that that sounds a lot like a lot of my career hits and misses yeah, I yeah. Like that. that's pretty good sounds like know. a lot of my life yeah yeah i think I think you're. I think you're right. Although, although, like, but music's a funny thing, man. Like, I think mm. that idea is in the you know, on the listener. Like, the artist might not have mm. gone out trying to write right. a hit. It's just the way it's received and perceived. It's like, yeah, it's true. That thing just maybe sounds a little contrived or whatever. So it's always that thing. But but going out to try and write a hit, yeah, you can stumble and put out something a bit mm, whatever, but. Trying to write a hit, like a bona fide hit, it's hard, man. Like mm. you really got to get it right. Yeah, I'm trying to get it right all the time. That's all we can do, brother, every day. That's all we can do. Just try and try get it right. That's it. <laughs> so, something exciting you've got, you've got coming up on Saturday. I can't remember what day. I think I'm putting this out on Thursday, which is tomorrow for us. You're going to be playing the AFL Grand Finals. Exciting stuff. It's huge. Yeah, that's something Obviously, you're looking forward to. I'm looking forward to it because if you get asked to do something like this, there's a there's a lot of tradition that comes with it, and it's it's a it's an honour to be part of something like this, especially the first time happening happening in WA and us being you know WA lads, so and big footy heads as well. So it's huge. You know what you do is you go in, you get prepared, you try not to overthink it, you try not to think about the sixty thousand people there or the three point two million viewers which someone always tells you just as you're about to go on and you're like ah oh, don't don't want to know any of that right now do not put it in my head so you just you just go in and, and enjoy it because honestly man these things are such large scope shows they, they're, they're their own little pressure cooker in the moment man so mm. honestly the performance it comes and goes like that because you're right it's so in your head usually and there's a lot of moving parts to it I think these days we just try and go out and enjoy every second of it and feel it and make it count. I think that's what needs to happen. Yeah, cool. And you're going to be playing it with the Western Australian Symphony Orchestra, which is something you were doing at the beginning of the year, playing a bunch of shows with different orchestras around the country. Mm. I checked out a couple of videos of you, of what I could find on YouTube of that, and it sounded sounded very Fresh. Fresh. Yes, there's nothing more fresh than a symphony orchestra. I'll tell you, they are quite fresh. They are very fresh. Yeah, we've been. Um, we were lucky. We got to do it with MSO, Wazo, Wazo. I don't know. People say the WA thing differently. I don't know which one's the correct one. Um, and then the QSO Queensland as well. So they're all amazing orchestras. All play slightly 
differently with their own vibe, which is really cool to feel when you're up there. But yeah, anytime, and yeah, you're right, we've got uh, Wazzo on, on this grand final performance. And I think we've got the full weight of the orchestra as well. So it's pretty epic. Yeah. Epic. I've never I've never heard of a um, any kind of halftime show having an orchestra. So um, maybe it's the first. Maybe it's the first. I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be like a logistical challenge. I don't know who mm. had to roll out the band plus the orchestra plus production. It's they must have a million hands on deck. Yes. From what I believe, they've only got a handful of minutes to set it all up. Mm. So yeah, heavy. I can imagine. I can imagine the production crew. They're like, "All right, guys, we want to play with an orchestra," and they're like, "Fuck these guys." Yeah, fuck. And you're like, "What? How many are in an orchestra?" Oh, like thirty-two. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. The worst. <laughs> Even worse than meatloaf, these guys. Ah, uh, yeah, the old meatloaf. God, I feel... I, I, the meatloaf thing keeps coming up right? yeah. around the granny. And I'm like, oh, God, I, like, I remember the performance. And I just think something went wrong in, in yeah. either the tech or his yeah. audio or something on the day because it really went wrong and I feel really bad for him. <laughs> And everyone keeps bringing it up. They're like, oh, you know, you know, you don't want to meatloaf it. And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure we won't, but thanks for saying that. It's like, oh, hey, guys, yeah. don't be don't be terrible. It's always great to hear that before a show, I think. It is, yeah. Everyone just, oh, don't fuck it up. It's like, cheers. But, I mean, at least the bar's been set mm. at meatloaf level. Yeah. And then you, it's, only, it's only up, right? It's only up. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I think. Well, I'm excited to see the the performance. I don't actually watch AFL, so I'll have to tune in for the halftime show. Cool, um, man. Figure out when that is, and I will be there watching the telly. Do you know what time it's on, the, the halftime? I'm sure you, you might know. I don't exactly know. I think kickoff is a well, bounce down, sorry, is at um, 5.15, and right. that would probably draw us to about a uh, 6.10. Sounds good. I mean, I'm just making shit up. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> if if I miss it, I'm I'm sending an angry email to you. Excellent, please, please. I, mean, do. I, I, I don't actually have your email. It's okay. I'll, Since we're on I'll some sort of podcast, I'll just give it out to you right now. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Ian at birdsoftokyo.com. Ah, oh, crap! You got it. You got it. <laughs> Damn it! I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> I was actually thinking about uh, thinking about that recently, like with some celebrities. I wonder if they just have their name as their email. I want to try just emailing a bunch of celebrities, just see if I can get through to any of them. Oh, no, nah, no one would, would ever yeah. do that. <laughs> nah, now we that know. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> the eyes are moving way too quick. Yeah, so with shows, another exciting thing you've got coming up, you're going to be touring with Keith Urban. Yes. It's obviously massive. That's going to be in December, is that right? I believe so. Fingers crossed, uh, and, and and toes crossed as well. We're hoping that. Well, I guess you know the Keith sort of production crew are hoping that we can do it in December. If not, like everything else that seems to be happening, it might just get knocked back a bit. But um, I don't know anything about that. I'm just from from the from Bird's point of view, we're mm-hmm. definitely like fingers crossed because we are itching to get out and play and tour again and those venues like this sort of arena stadium shows, man, they're going to be yeah. sick. So super keen and just hoping, come on, come on, Keith. Yes. It's all on Keith Urban. I always p- put everything on Keith Urban. 
Yeah, well, he can take it. Keith can take it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's the, yeah, he he's the man. It. He's got it for days. Yes, he should be, he should be the Prime Minister. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> we'd, be we'd be over all this COVID if Keith was the was the um, Prime Minister of Australia. He would. He'd just steamroll it. He'd steamroll the whole yeah, thing. I think so. I think so. Um, you're saying it was kind of state uh, – is it stadium shows, you said? Yeah, well, they're like a, a, arena shows. Arena. Stadium arena. Shows, shows. Sorry, they're like uh, – God, were they – like there's big sporting arenas in Sydney and Melbourne that I can't think of the names. You got Quebec, Quebec. I can't remember. Kudos, Kudos. Thank you. That's in Sydney, but like they're massive, like massive spaces. So, and we've we've been lucky in our career to do similar supports over the years. And um, once you get into those rooms with that production and whatnot, it's huge. Like it's epic. Yeah, epic fun times, man. So we're just looking forward to it. It would be great to. Get on and get it done. Dope. What are the, what are some of the more memorable tours that you've done as support? Well, actually, as I say that, we've geez, we've only done a handful in in the sixteen years we've been doing this. Um, oh, probably the best one because uh, we, we're big fans was Muse. I think that was two thousand and fourteen. We did an Australian tour with those guys, and that was just the best, only because their production, the production they brought, was like. Mm. They just took it from some mothership on another planet. Like it was so cool. So that was a real eye opener for us, and, and we were all huge fans of the band. So we got to watch them every night. But yeah, their whole their whole tour was batshit, man. Absolutely yeah. batshit. I haven't had the chance to see them yet, but it's one that's like I want to see just because I've heard the show so great. The show was amazing. Yeah, production off the chain, and the band does not drop a note, man. They are. Mm. Fucking razor sharp. Yes, they're they're all incredible musicians. Mm. When you're doing the support acts compared to, I guess, your own headline shows, h- how does the experience compare for you? Well, usually when it's bands like that, like they're coming with bigger crowds, that's always got a bigger energy and whatnot. But to be honest, the pressure or the whole psych about it, it's a, a little bit off. Like it's not your show as such. Mm. You're there in support of and to sort of bring a vibe to the show, of course, but the pressure's off a little bit. So basically you can just kind of hang out, let everyone set up your stuff, eat some food, get ready, chill. But, you know, it's um, also the other side of the coin too is that I think with those rooms, because they're such big spaces, you definitely feel a duty as a performer. Like you got to mm. bring, your, bring your game, you know. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm sure you do. I, I have no proof. I, I haven't seen any of those shows, but I can guarantee that you brought your A game. Okay, what I'm getting from this is that you've got to get out and see more music. Yes. You've got to get out and see more live music, although it's been difficult in the last 18 months, but yes. yeah, you've got to get around it. I, I will do it. I will do it. <laughs> it's just me saying I've never seen a show in my life. I've actually never heard music. What is it again? <laughs> what do you call it again? I just got this random email yesterday. It's like, do you want to email band? I'm like, I'll do it. I don't actually have a podcast, so but I'll, I'll give it a go. Hell yeah. There yeah. you go. Something else I wanted to ask about, it's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to me, is when uh, people are in two different bands, especially when they're both kind of successful bands. Um, obviously, you're also in Carnival. Yeah. With, with those two bands as a, I guess, both a writer and a performer, is there a certain thing that you get from each one? Absolutely. Well, yeah, they're very different bands in my 
the way I feel about them and, and what they draw um, as a performer and, and what goes into them as a writer too. They're very, very different things. So I don't know. I love, I love them both dearly. So I just enjoy what Birds does. I enjoy, I enjoy where Carnival goes on a bit more of a heavier weighted exploration of music and whatnot. And I just kind of enjoy that type of playing in that band. It's sort of something different um, and it's a hell of a lot of fun uh, live. It's a hell of a lot of fun because the band kind of can chop things up a little bit and it's a lot of fun. But um, I don't know, but I like birds for the same reason. Birds allows me to exercise other parts of what I love about songwriting and um, performance as well. And they all and they both demand different things and, mm. but, yeah, they're both fun. I suppose it's kind of like, how do I get in two successful bands? I would be surprised if I was in one successful band. But you, you've you've got it. You could probably just start a third band today, and it'd just be successful, and we'd all we'd all hate you for it. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't think I planned on having two bands. I think Carnival was up and running to a point. We just put out a record in two thousand five, Thermata, and that was sort of kicking off. But then I started writing with Adam, the guitarist in Birds. I think end of or beginning of two thousand five, or. End of 2004, we were just writing songs and just seeing where it could go. So, yeah, by 2006, I think we had EPs out and 2007 maybe a record. So it it just sort of rolled on. And I don't think Carnival was taking at the time taking up all my focus and time. I was It was right. hectic, dude, like so hectic. And I think Birds at the time with Adam, we were just writing a bunch of songs. We're actually writing them maybe for a publishing just to sort of throw to some labels and see who they had on their roster. Did they need any right. songs or whatever? And then it sort of, we got, when we recorded the first decent batch of bird songs, we were like, oh, actually, hang on, there might be something in this. And then we got a band around it and took that into a studio for a long time and just played these songs and felt them out before we played any shows. We spent ages just sort of getting it ready and it just sort of took on its own life. And then mm. yeah, happy days. Yeah. So it's it's just your it's just your little side project. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, well, it kind of was, but it's not anymore. Not yeah. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right, groovy. Um, well, I won't take up any more of your time today. It's um been been great talking to you, mate. It's a pleasure, absolutely. I look forward to whenever you're putting out new tunes, which um hopefully soon, but. No pressure, no pressure. I need some freshness in my life. Got to get fresh, Jesse. Got to get yes. fresh. Yes, exactly. Every day. Every day. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you could just put out a tune every day, that would be very convenient for me because. God, I wish I could, but no. Yeah. No, that doesn't Imagine sound healthy to me. I don't know. Yeah. My brain couldn't handle it. Well, this the interview is meant to be over. I don't know if you know the guitarist Buckethead. Yeah. He was like putting out like an album every week and that man – like at one stage, and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, he's God. Talk about he's a prolific. He's a wild man. Yeah, there's a few of them out there. Yeah, actually, you just remember, I I meant to go down a, a search hole trying to find out who Buckethead is. I'm sure it's well known now, but you've just reminded me. It's on my list. Oh, he's. I I'll be honest. I don't know a lot of his work, but you'd have to be a massive fan to know a lot of his work. Yeah, well, the thing is, I think he's played on a bunch of stuff you'd know like he's actually mm. he's played on heaps of shit you probably know so that's yeah. what, what i was li- reading about it a while ago i was like cool but i still don't know who the cat is yeah he still has just a bucket not- on his head in my brain 
Yeah. Well, he went from he used to have a KFC bucket on his head, but now it's an unbranded bucket. I don't uh, know what the what the change was. Maybe his sponsorship deal ran out. And, I reckon he's upset someone at KFC. He blew yeah, it. Yeah, he said the they could have used some better herbs and spices, or something <laughs> like that. All right, now now we'll properly end the interview. I always go on after um, I say we're going to end. Love it, dude. Totally cool. Hey, man, this has been rad. Thanks for um, thanks for the chat. No worries. Thank you for doing it. Thanks for listening and thank you to Ian for chatting with me. Don't forget to check out Birds of Tokyo's new track, Super Glue, which is out now. It's featuring Bonnie Fraser from Stand Atlantic. You should go and follow them on their socials and go follow Life of Music on our socials if you feel like it. And if you did enjoy the episode, you can follow or subscribe wherever you're listening right now to hear the episodes when they're first released. But that is all for this episode. Until next time, goodbye. Life on Music was brought to you by Be Groovy or Leave. Head to BeGroovyOrLeave.com to discover the best in new music.